We're excited to announce that our very own podcasting platform, Zencaster, has become the new sponsor to the show. Check out the podcast discount link in our show notes. Stay tuned for why we love using Zencaster for the podcast. Are you looking to start your journey in podcasting but not sure how? Kangaroo Firm Media Lab got you covered. Everything you need to know in launching and growing your podcast is here. Book a call now at kangaroofirm.com. By the way, I just released my ebook, Harness the Power of Podcasting. To get a free copy, just go over to mikosantos.co slash free book. That is M-I-K-O-S-A-N-T-O-S dot C-O slash free book. This podcast is brought to you by Kangaroo Fern Productions, Australia's independent podcast management. Book a call at www.kangaroofern.com slash book now. A Kangaroo Fern Production. Coming up next on Miko Santos' Inside Job. Because I do believe that when we, when we create or when we allow ourselves to create something better and we allow ourselves to you know, to be brave about our creativity and start creating not just for our own benefits, but for the benefit of everybody else. And that's the reason why we are a social impact marketing agency. It's not agency. It's not just about the income. It's also about the impact. Hello, Humanista. This is Miko Santos. Before podcasting and blogging, I used to be a journalist for 20 years, researching complicated issues or science which most people would not have the time or access to the information. This podcast is an insightful conversation with people at the top of their game and deconstruct them to find the tools, tactics, and tricks to help you achieve your dream goal. Pia Brera is the CEO and Chief Communication and Creative Strategies of Braveworks Incorporated, a social impact marketing agency based in Manila. So over the course of her 11 years, she has served clients from around the globe, spanning from small to medium enterprise to top 1,000 corporations and cities when it comes to a creative advertising, branding, and video marketing. Please welcome to the show, Kia Abrera, welcome to Inside Job. How are you today? Hey, thanks. Thanks for having me, Nico. I'm really. It's been a pretty busy uh, last few months, but you know, can't complain. <laughs> thanks for having me on. Thank you so much. One thing I'm catchy on your website when I when I'm looking at your website, most basically, be brave and create. And you can do a great things. Yeah, well, our advocacy as an entire company when we started six years ago is that we've, you know, our purpose and advocacy has actually expanded over time, and um, we narrowed down our our advocacy into be brave, create because we've always believed that you know creativity is not. You know, it's not like a magic spell, or it's not something that you know people drink up, or it's not something that's only afforded to a few blessed people. It's uh, creativity is something natural. It's something that's already innate in each and every single one of us. It's just that we're not brave 
to use it. We're not brave enough to use it. So, you know, um, sometimes in school, you're you're made to conform to all of these rules. It, your, your creativity is made to, uh, to take the back seat. Um, and a lot of us, at least from our experience, there's a lot of people whose creativity actually did take the back seat because not just of, you know, some of them it's because of school, some of them it's because of, of, of parents who forced them into another uh, career path that, you know, that seems more practical than um, a career path that they wanted. Or um, it's basically just society telling them to do something more practical rather than um, do something with their creativity. So it's not that, you know, we're, we're, um, we're hating on schools or parents. We're not, we're not actually doing that. What we're doing is we're trying to, to uplift the advocacy of encouraging people to actually um, let their creativity take root. Um, and I think, you know, there's a lot of disruption already happening in the education industry that's already doing this. And we want to be part of that. And we want to be uh, in that position where we're uh, encouraging people to be brave and create. And, you know, we particularly um, we particularly like to concentrate on the smaller businesses because uh, at least in the climate here in the Philippines, you know, 99% of small businesses fail within the first three years. It's because they're, they weren't trained or they weren't encouraged to use their creativity. Ergo, there are some, you know, problems that they need to navigate around. And because they're not able to use their creativity to its fullest, they fail within the first three years. So um, when we say that uh, small businesses can do great things, we really, really, truly believe that small businesses can do great things. So you don't have to think small but you can actually achieve bigger things by being brave and just creating. Thank you. I, I remember when I was working in advertising agency back back long time ago in back in the Philippines. It's um, yeah. It's on Hilpuyat Avenue. I hope we're still there. They're still there. So uh, <laughs> on, on you know in advertising, if someone uh, competitor done a great ad campaign. Next day, we you have to do another ad campaign to to overcome that. And even within 24 hours, you have to think as a copywriter, you need to think a good copy, a good ads to uh, overcome the other competitor. I know you've been on, yeah. on advertising as well. Your experience in advertising because of that experience and also, you know, in, inside advertising, there's a lot of protocol that sometimes yeah. you, our creative is sometimes it's cut limit because of the branding what the client wants to is it because of that you created your own company well it, it wasn't necessarily because of that that we created braveworks but uh, i believe that there is a certain unfair advantage when you ha when you have to work within certain limitations and i think um, limitations actually bring your creativity out um, there is a certain kind of restraint that happens when you, you you have all of these, for example, limited resources, you have all of these mandatories, especially from clients. And I think it's not a reason for you to stop your creativity, but the, uh, the main reason why we got out in the first place from, you know, the, the advertising agency that we were in, it was because 
um, the burnout of it. It was really, it's just one project after another. And then taking a rest is always like, it, it felt questionable for you to take a rest. So, um, you know, we, we said that we were working nine to four, you know, nine to 4 a.m. <laughs> so that's, that's uh, that. And, and what we didn't like about that is it, it's, it's, um, it's thought of as a norm in the advertising industry. And I think that, that you know, we, we can't just normalize this kind of hustle culture where, you know, you have to hustle 24-7 in order for you to, to succeed at something or in order for you to create something great, you know. So that's the reason why we, in the first place, we got out and then we created our own thing. We just wanted to disrupt this kind of thinking that you have to be, doing something, creating something 24-7 in order for you to succeed. And we didn't want, you know, to be, to become another creative or another advertising agency or boutique agency or whatever it is. We didn't want to be creative professionals who's, who's always burned out. And then you're always discouraged. And then you're not getting paid, really, you're not getting paid well. You know, you know, the creative climate is really the intangibility of the creative climate it's um it's so easy for people to undervalue it so um yeah there's a lot of reasons but it's really more um internal we're like we didn't want to uh feed into this culture where we're always burnt out so you know what let's create our own thing and try to design our lives and design our businesses around you know uh, letting our creativity take the front seat and not getting and, and try not to get as burnt out, you know. So that was the initial reason. And then, you know, it just grew as we grew. All of the, the purpose and the advocacies, they just came over time. Yeah, I remember that during the advertising days that you have to check yeah. the storyboard is correct. Is the client okay with the storyboard or yeah. it's not good? So can you create another storyboard and then on the shooting, you have to make up whatever the client need uh, so the account manager go to the creative hey the client doesn't want this storyboard can you repeat that again within 24 hours yeah it's it's a little bit burnout on on yeah. the side of creative um department or the the agency is working with that so the next question i have for you why do you think video marketing is very important to a small business so that they can do a great things because some small business well, yeah. doesn't doesn't know that they need that so yeah 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 well i'm very biased towards video marketing just because you know i'm in the video marketing space but um i i think it's also the importance of long form content like you know you have podcasts but uh, the reason why I side a lot with videos is that it becomes like a first touch point in building and nurturing relationship with your audience and then converting them into buyers. So um, there, there was a rise in the, the effectivity of personal videos way back in 2019, and it's still rising today, you know, with the advent of TikTok, with the advent of Instagram Reels, where people can do these shorter form videos where they can create a relationship with their ideal audiences just by being themselves and being authentic. So, you know, there are some things that does not come across just with a written word. 
Um, but if you actually show up on video where people can see who you are, people can see your face, they can see that you're you're talking directly to them, and then you can you they can see you move. So it's a very multi-sensory avenue that um, that as a first touch point can actually attract your ideal audience. So it's not just attracting them, it's also retaining them. And then it's also, you know, creating this nurturing relationship with your audience where they can see you, they can hear you, they can, they know what you mean, they can resonate with you on a very emotional level. So I think it's the multi-sensory nature of videos that makes it such a powerful tool, you know, especially in, um, in a climate or in, a, in an arena, at least the digital arena in that kind of arena where there's so much noise and people are craving for authenticity. So not a lot of people are not, you know, there's a lot of fakery going on in social media. You don't know what's true anymore. So um, I think the authenticity value of a person, especially of a personal brand of a small business um, video kind of humanizes that if you appear in front of a camera and then you're talking to people you're, you're kind of humanizing your brand. Therefore, you're humanizing the relationship between you and your audience. So it's not it, it's not anymore, you know, I have this thing by this thing. It's not this. It's, you know, I have something that could help you. And if you're not ready to buy this yet, then just stick with me. I'm going to try to help you even if you're not buying from me yet. So there's a certain, um, there's a certain relationship that's being developed with video uh, as an avenue, and then you're bringing back the the choice of purchase to the consumer rather than you just pushing yourself and pushing yourself to uh, to certain you know to certain audiences that actually don't don't actually have the need for your product or service. So I think that's the that's the thing, the videos. So how is how important for a small business or a creative entrepreneur? the personal branding versus mm-hmm. your business branding it should be interconnected or you have to have your own separate branding to make to make it successful I think it should be i think it should be interconnected you know personal brands and business brands um just because uh, i think the bigger business brands they have found a way to humanize their brands by bringing people in, you know, so you have, you know, the, the CEO of Apple is doing this. And so it's not anymore just, I mean, for example, if you think of Apple, you're thinking of Steve Jobs, right? So it's still interconnected with an actual human being. You think of Nike and then you think of their brand ambassadors, you, you think of um, all of these different brands, right? So um, I think uh, it's really important for a business brand to have a person representing it. Just because when you are trying to create a relationship with an audience, you have to be facing, you know, you, you have to be um, conversing with human beings as a human beings, as a human being, sorry. So this is something that I'm a huge fan of. It's called design thinking and design thinking always starts with empathy. And empathy, it's approaching people as again, as a human person and understanding them from a very emotional level. So it's not just, you know, um, buy this buy this glass, buy this tumbler because you need this 
this tumbler, you need this tumbler in your life. Um, but what is this tumbler actually representing or what is this tumbler actually um, solving uh, for you? You know, something that's that's keeping you up at night, for example, you know, um, for example, for me, the reason why I like this tumbler is because it, it it helps me kind of it helps me become efficient in my work. And it, it seems like such a it seems like such a, a deep reason for me to be attached to a tumbler brand. But it's because this tumbler this tumbler brand, I have used it again and again. And every time that I forget to drink water because of how busy I am, it's just there and it's keeping my water cold. And that's a big thing for me, you know? So it's the, the, the reason why we want to put, we always want to put a personal touch to either a business brand or, or just really bring out the personal brand. It's because there's a human uh, effect to it. There's a, there's a very human understanding about people's problems. There's a human understanding of people's challenges and when you connect on a very human level to your audience, it still it empowers them even better to hop on a journey with you, to hop on that nurturing journey with you before they even buy your products. And when you're connecting with them from that level, it doesn't just create a customer, it creates a loyal fan. So uh, that's the importance of a personal brand. A personal brand always nurtures the relationship between you and your audience, and then you and your customer, and then you and your loyal fans. And these loyal fans, they're actually going to be like the word of mouth on steroids. They're the ones doing the marketing. So that's a, that's my take on personal and business brand. I mean, business brand is still very important um, because it gives your business something to anchor on. It gives your business um, this, this position where you're able to stand for something, you're able to stand against something, you have something that you believe in, you have your why, if it's, you know, we're talking about Simon Sinek, you have your why as a business as well, because a business is still an organization that's filled with people. But then if you have someone representing that as a person that's actually communicating with the audience from a very human level, and I think that's uh, that, that really gives an edge in terms of the relationship. Second question in relation with the personal brand and a business brand yeah. as well. Do you think it's going to be an issue for someone like you have your own personal brand and interconnected with your business brand? However, you have like a controversial opinion of something. Is that going to affect your business and your brand itself? Like you do... Yes. I do. Yeah, I do believe so. Um, because as a personal brand who's also carrying a business brand, I mean, you've seen this so many times when, for example, you know, a, a CEO uh, was spotted being racist to, uh, you know, something like that. We, we've seen those things on the news, right? You know, people who are um, shouting at their employees or shouting at people in uh, in Target, <laughs> in SM or where, wherever, and then they associate you with a certain brand, then there is going to be a certain distortion that's going to happen. So, um, you know, there are some there are some um, circumstances where it's not necessarily the CEO, but someone in a high position that works for a certain brand. And then this brand is just going to release a statement that, you know, this person is no longer affiliated with us or if they they didn't fire that person for that, you know, publicity damage, that it's really, you know, um, 
uh, just to let you know that we don't stand for what this person has done and disciplinary action is being done on our end and stuff like that. So there's all, it's always really important that your personal brand is connected to your business brand and you're able to carry that out. It's not just, you know, you can have all of these, you know, advocacies that you're talking about, but if you're not actually living it, then there's going to be that sort of distortion. And that's where the office, the authenticity of the brand is, um, is compromised and it, it becomes questionable for audiences. So, yeah. So, yeah, that's it's really if you damage your personal brand, you're also damaging your business brand is what I'm getting to. You're listening to Miku Santos Inside Job with our guest, Kia Abrera. We'll be right back. Learning a new skill this pandemic? Give sign language a try. Sign language interpretation for this video podcast is brought to you by the Deaf and Turk Training Services. Follow them on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. For an exclusive offer for our listener, go to deafandtherp.com and use the promo code HUMANISTA during checkout to get 10% discount. For an exclusive offer for our listeners and watching this video, go to bit.ly slash deafandterp or bit.ly slash d-e-a-f-a-n-d-t-e-r-p and use the promo code HUMANISTA during checkout to get 10% discount. Our listeners get 10% discount on Filipino Sign Language Rookie Class by using the promo code HUMANISTA. This show is created in association with Kangaroo Firm Media Lab. This podcast is brought to you by Guerrilla Podcast Syndicate, powered by Kangaroo Firm Media Lab. Kangaroo Firm is Australia's independent video and podcast management agency with the mission to help individuals and entrepreneurs to start their own podcasts and harness the power of podcasting. Book now via www.kangaroofern.com. And now, back to Kia Abera on Miko Santos' Inside Job. So, how powerful is authenticity for you? It's very powerful. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, the, I think this is a very overused, um, one of the most overused quotes of all time is, the easiest thing in the world is being yourself. <laughs> You know, and, you know, you don't have because, you know, when you're authentic, you don't have to think about your, you know, what what you're going to put out there. You don't have to think about, um, you know, how you're going to entice your audiences. You know, you don't have to change uh, so much about who you are, um, because especially in again, in a climate that's full of, you know, people staging stuff and scripting stuff just to get the views you know, authenticity is oftentimes really refreshing. And one of the things that I, I actually teach my students is the power of polarity. The power of polarity is, uh, you know, when everybody else is saying this and then you suddenly say this, like the opposite of that, just because this is what you believe in, that actually attracts people and repels your non-ideal person. You know, so um, there's a huge power in authenticity because it gives value and it gives knowledge and it gives wisdom to your ideal audiences in the way that only you actually know how. And um, the biggest, I think the biggest power of authenticity to me is that when people are asked to niche down 
you know, just speak to a certain audience and, you know, you, you got to have something unique to give them. Um, the biggest power of authenticity is that the only thing that makes you stand out, the, the only thing that makes you different from others, even in the same space, is your unique thought process. I call that the UTP. And that's where authenticity, that's where the power of authenticity really lies. Um, it's the only thing that's going to make you stand out in the sea of everything else. So, of course, you are a video strategist as well and a consultant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why is storytelling is very important in relation with authenticity as well? Yeah, well, again, we're going back to the humanizing factor of, you know, of businesses, of brands, of at least the humanizing factor of advertising. Authenticity and storytelling, they're closely interrelated because um, human beings are wired to stories. They're wired to tell stories. They're wired to listen to stories. You know, if you can um, put out a really bad quality video and tell a great story, and that's going to get more traction than a person who has all of the bells and whistles, but they're not telling a good story. So um, that's the power of storytelling. And I think that's one of the reasons why, you know, Instagram Reels and TikTok and all of these different video platforms, they're suddenly gaining all of this traction because people are telling stories in a very authentic way. There's no, you know, there's one person I think on TikTok that I followed and she did a story time. That was her first video. And she just told a story of how she, she resigned from her job into building her um, her five-figure dollar, what do you call this, social media agency that, that's now earning like five digits uh, a month for, you know, in dollars. So a lot of people resonated with that. And overnight, she had like 90,000 followers overnight. And that gained like, I, I think it's already more than a million views. And the reason for that is people resonated with it. People are are emotional human beings. So, you know, storytelling is very emotional usually, you know, so instead of, you know, uh, telling people, oh, this is a fact, you know, this is the, this is, these are the statistics. This is a chart. Instead of telling people that when you tell a story, people are more likely to listen. And it's also really important for you to structure your story really, really well, because People can tell a story, but then if they're all over the place, they're going to lose the audience. So, again, the the the, the power of storytelling and the the power of authenticity in storytelling that um, that's kind of the perfect combination when it comes to personalized videos and you know in the realm of today's advertising climate. In line with the storytelling as well, yeah, yeah. we know that a lot of people are doing fake story. And yeah. also, especially in advertising, so they, they overcompensate the yeah. the data. So what what is your opinion about that? You they sometimes some people they fake the story to make it viral. What is your yeah. opinion on this one? As a well being uh, content creator. Well, as a content creator, you know, people especially uh, audiences nowadays are really smart. 
they can tell the authentic from the not authentic. Authentic. While there are still people who are going to believe it, but the smarter audiences, or at least the ideal audiences that you want, um, especially if you're creating all of these videos for conversion, because at the end of the day, if you're doing something fake, down the line, people are going to find it out. Um, even if they don't find out while they watch that video, when they hop on that journey with you, when they decide to, you know, follow you or to subscribe to your channel, um, down the line, you're going to lose them. Maybe in a few months, maybe in a few years, but you're going to lose them because of, you know, continuously being fake. Because down the line, that, you know, the truth is going to come out. <laughs> in one way or another, the truth is going to come out. And you've seen this. We see this all the time with um, different kinds of creators, um, you know, People who do, uh, they, they say that it's a prank, but it's actually staged or, you know, they're they're doing all of these dramatizations that they pass off as true just to get the views. And then, you know, you, you can actually scroll through the comments that people can actually tell that it's fake. So when you're not being authentic, audiences are going to tell. Some of the audiences are going to tell at these smarter audiences or, you know, people who are uh, consistently watching different authentic videos, they're going to they're going to tell they're going to be able to tell. And if they don't tell right away, just on that video down the line, when you keep on creating all of these different videos and generating all of these different views and, and, and stuff like that, when you're placed in a position where, for example, you're on live you're, you're placed in a position where you can't lie just because you're placed on the spot, then, you know, that's going to give you away. <laughs> I've, I've seen a lot of this happening, you know, people who are influencers and then they're, they're doing all of these kinds of things on camera, but then you interview them and then their answers are just different, you know? So, you know, down the line, you know, you're going to get caught, you know, down the line, you're going to get caught. You're going to, people are going to see through you down the line, especially if they're already loyally following you. And then suddenly you're doing something that's out of context and some you're, you're doing something that's just not um, true to what they've seen you do or what they've seen you, you know, uh, film or whatever it is that you're doing. They're going to find out down the line and that's going to compromise. That can actually be a make or break for your content creation career. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, uh, that's the, that's the importance of always being authentic. Your business have been successful and it's not easy. What was the biggest yeah. challenge you faced before this become balloon and got a lot of clients? Well, that's a good question because there's a lot of different challenges um, depending on what stage of business we were in. I think the first and foremost uh, challenge that we've actually faced is that um, we we wanted to help a lot of small businesses, right? And when we did that, we, we concentrated a lot of helping a lot of small businesses. These small businesses, they didn't necessarily have the budget to pay us. That's going to make our business sustainable. And we were caught in a certain um, crossroads where, you know, do we stick with helping small businesses? Because that's, I mean, that's what we're really, really passionate about. Or do we start serving these bigger clients so that we we, you know, we get more money. <laughs> and then at that time, we felt like, you know, money was such a dirty word. And, you know, we don't want to be doing this for the money. We were, were creatives and, and, and things like that. And and I, you know, just by following a couple of really good, we were led to the best mentors. And we 
you know, I came across, for example, Chris Doe and Pia Silva, who's been teaching us that, you know, money is not a dirty word because money is going to help your business survive. Money is going to help your business thrive. And because of that, and, and, and also someone that that's very dear to us, Brother Bo Sanchez, um, he also said that, you know, money is a tool for generosity. When we started to understand what money actually does, you know, in our lives and in our business that, you know, we're not, we kind of repositioned ourselves to think that money is a tool and not an end goal. That's when things started to change. So we did start um, pitching to bigger clients. Um, of course, the challenge is there because we were such a small company um, and we didn't know how to compete with other bigger agencies uh, in order to get, you know, bids for bigger clients. And we finally had a, a huge client that we closed in 2015, I believe. And that was also a huge challenge because we didn't know, you know, we didn't know what to do. We were a small agency and we were, and now we have this big client. We didn't know how to deliver, if we were actually going to be able to do it. And that's when we started, you know, serving, when we started serving all of these bigger clients, we suddenly found ourselves in that same position when we were in, where we were in, in our advertising agency, we were burning out. We we're like, oh my gosh, what are we doing? <laughs> we're going back to that rut, you know? And so there's a lot of, of, of conflicts that happen in, in starting and building and sustaining a business. And when it all comes down to it, I think the the biggest thing that we have overcome is our own self-doubt and our own self-limits. Um, you know, as an entrepreneur, you don't always have the best mindset. <laughs> and that's something that's true for us. And it's a huge thing. There's going to be so many challenges that's going to come in your way where you start doubting yourself, you start, you start doubting what you can actually do as a small business. And then uh, for us, it's really important to, to think of it as what's the next doable thing that I can do in order to overcome this next big hurdle. So that's what we did. We took it one small, brave step at a time. And, um, you know, that's, that's what we've been doing for the past six years. And something also that I've learned from Brother Bo Sanchez is, you know, ready, fire, aim. <laughs> that's, that's, the, that's how we've been operating in this business. It's just ready, fire, aim. So, yeah, I think uh, to answer your question, you know, as a whole, the biggest challenge that's uh, and and I still think that this is still our biggest challenge until today. It's just gross is just knowing how to get over the mindset blocks that happen when you get overwhelmed, when you get burned out, when you get, uh, you know, because these things still happen. And I'm not going to I'm not going to lie and say this is, you know, this is something that doesn't happen anymore uh, just because we're already at this stage in our business. It still happens. <laughs> so um, I think that's always going to be the biggest hurdle or that's always going to be the biggest challenge. Um, and then we just choose to approach it from, from the perspective of the next doable thing. Yes, I agree with you. So that's especially the imposter syndrome. So Yes, once that's huge. Once kicked into you, okay. <laughs> Absolutely, what I do? yeah. Absolutely, yeah. That's actually a huge. Uh, that's one of my biggest 
blocks actually uh, the imposter syndrome. You know, when I get invited to these things, and when I get, uh, for example, if if people tell me that, hey, can you give a talk on this? Can you give a talk on that? Or um, can you? Or or when we're talking to bigger clients, or like the first time that we ever pitched to a big client, that was you know the imposter syndrome is always strong. It's like who are you even as a small business to, I mean, you're not going to get this and that's only we get it like, Oh, okay. <laughs> so uh, I think, I think for a lot of business owners, especially small businesses. Um, and that's also the reason why we, we encourage small businesses to think big. It's because, you, you know, uh, all of these mindset blocks, all of these, you know, the imposter syndrome and anything that's, that's kind of holding you back. It's because we tend to look at ourselves as a small business, as as that, as a small business. But you know, if you start thinking of your small business as something that actually serves a lot of people, something that uh, you know what your your pro, what your product or your service could do is actually serving and impacting a lot of people, then you know you can serve as much as you know a hundred people or five hundred people or maybe ten people. But if you are changing the lives or you're making their lives easier, then you're actually doing something big. So uh, I think it's that kind of belief or it's that kind of uh, mindset that allows us to move forward, even if, you know, at first we don't get the results that we want. Just like you just pay it forward. Yeah. Someone, yeah. 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 You build a business out of, you know, sometimes sometimes you just build a business out of an immediate need. And then so, suddenly things fall into place when you continue forward. So, you know, suddenly your purpose does not change. It only grows. It only expands, you know. So at first we wanted to go into business because we didn't like what was happening, you know, in the advertising industry. And then suddenly it expanded to we didn't like what was happening to the creative industry. And then suddenly it's about we didn't like what was happening with creatives in general. So the purpose, our purpose did not, you know, it wasn't stuck. It wasn't stagnant. It was growing. But uh, at the end of the day, uh, it was about um, allowing people or giving people the permission to be creative and to be brave about it. What advice would you give someone wanting to pursue a career like you, similar, similar to you? Advice that I would give to someone? Well, um, I am actually going to share the advice that one of my mentors gave me, Christo. He, well, well what Christo has mentioned to us as well, because this is something that, um, that's actually highly applicable to our own life or to our own business. It's for you to find what you're good at, what is it that, you know, what can you do? And then don't stop at figuring out what you can do, but you also have to figure out why it matters. So why, for example, if you're, you know, if you're someone who makes videos, so if you make videos, then why is making videos important? How does it affect your, how does it affect your client? How does it affect your ideal people? So, and then, when you figure that out, you also figure out how else can you help these people using what it, what you can do. So um, that's actually what happened to us. Um, so right now, BraveWorks has niched down. That's also one really good piece of advice is to niche down, to, to know the group of people or at least the group of clients 
that's uh, that's going to benefit the most out of what you can do. So, for example, for us, um, we've already niched down to being a social impact marketing agency because the past five, six years, that's what we've been doing. And that's what, you know, that's what gives us joy. That's what gives that's what gives us fulfillment. And we know that it matters. So social impact is really big as well. So, you know, when it comes to niching down, um, for example, you, you're, you're a brand strategist, let's say. There are already a lot of brand strategists in the entire world. So what's going to make you stand out? Um, are you a brand strategist for coaches, for example, for consultants, for example? Um, because this makes you a specialist rather than a generalist. Okay, so um, I think all of the marketing books that I've read as well, and all of the marketing books that has been recommended to me, all say the same thing: niche down. <laughs> Because there's there's a there's a there's a principle. Uh, I think uh, it's called the Pareto principle, where you know the 80-20 principle, where only 20% of your um, of your clients are responsible for 80% of your revenue. That means you're concentrating on the smallest viable audience. And for that reason, if you are concentrating on that, there's less of the burnout <laughs> because you're just concentrating on a small group of people and you can charge more as a, uh, as a specialist. So, you know, if people in the creative space, they want to start, then first make an audit of what you can do. And then tell yourself or ask yourself why it's important for your clients and then figure out your smallest viable audience. Um, who are the people who are going to benefit the most out of this service that you have? So that's the third. It's really niching down and finding that SVA, the smallest viable audience. Thank you. Yeah, I totally agree with you, Kay, about that. So you have to know your customer avatar. What motivates you to get up in the morning to go to work? Wow, that's a big question. Again, it's the advocacy of ours. It's always the advocacy of ours to, you know, wake up to a more creative world. And that seems like such a, whoa, you wake up in the morning for that. <laughs> I'm like, But, you know, um, I just, I gave birth to my daughter uh, in 2019. And I see her as being such a creative person. And I know like, you know, the, the magic that she can do um, in the future when she's all grown up and, and stuff like that, you know, because I do believe that when we, when we create or when we allow ourselves to create something better and we allow ourselves to, you know, to be brave about our creativity and start creating not just for our own benefits, but for the benefit of everybody else. And that's the reason why we are a social impact marketing agency. It's not agency. It's not just about the income. It's also about the impact. So, you know, we, we wake up every day totally aligned with this mission. Sometimes we lose track of it, admittedly, but um, that's the reason why we don't want burnout. But um Yeah, so we wake up in the morning with this powerful mission and every time we go to work, we always remember that this is what we want to do. Um, at the end of it all, when we encourage people, when we encourage our clients to, uh, you know, to attract their ideal audience by becoming different and becoming more open to new creative ways of doing things, 
I think it's uh, it's a really powerful thing to wake up to and to want to go to work for. Um, it's not just the fact that we love doing what we do. We do love creating content. We do love making videos. I mean, my husband is an animator. I was in film. So that's something that we actually love to do. And uh, it's a huge thing for us to remember that what we do actually has an effect, not just to our clients, but to the customers of our clients. So when we allow our clients to have that kind of powerful messaging and they're able to bring their messages to the world, there is a certain effect that actually changes people's lives. So we're not just talking about, you know, a business selling to a person and then that's the end goal. It's the business selling to a person so that a person's life can actually be improved. So that's always the message that we want to anchor on. We work a lot with cities. You know, we've been to uh, a city that was destroyed by terrorists. And that's where we also, you know, we, we came to the realization that what we do matters, that, that, that there's actually lives on the line here. So when we bravely create and we encourage other people to be brave and create, they're not just doing that for themselves. They're doing that to improve the lives of people around them. And that, for me, is one of the most powerful missions that we could ever wake up to. Thank you so much. A very, very well said. Thank you. So how can our listener and audience who's watching this on YouTube and Facebook and Vimeo connect with you online? Well, my most active, um, my most active accounts are my Instagram and my TikTok, and I'm on there almost all the time. Um, on Instagram, it's at Kia underscore Abrera, and um, on TikTok, I'm just at Kia Abrera. So um, I also have my website. So if they want to, I do have a, a free ebook that I give to small businesses uh, on how they can leverage videos to grow their brand on video and grow their paying audience. So I have that ebook uh, on my website. So kia-abrera.com and they can get it on there. It's totally free. So yeah, that's where they can find me. All right. Thank you so much. So all the show notes on the show notes, we'll put all the link so that you can connect Absolutely. with Kia. And yes. thank you so much for your time and see you next week for another episode of Inside Job. Thank you. Thank you. See ya. I wanted to give you a quick bite of the episode I did a while back. Absolutely. So what a lot of people find is that they've got so much busyness going on in their mind all the time mm-hmm. that they find it difficult to concentrate on what's actually happening. And while we're too busy thinking in our mind, we're missing everything that's happening right now. Because really, even according to quantum physics, right now is the only moment that's happening that's true, that we know of. So if we're missing it by being, you know, in last week's argument with a partner or in next week's event for Christmas or whatever it might be, then we're not actually appreciating and Mm. recognising this moment now. So it's about, you know, just quietening yourself and thinking of your breath or focusing on um, something that's beautiful that you're walking past like a flower. Just being in that moment, which clears all of that clutter out of your head. So you just feel a lot more calm, more peaceful and more relaxed when you can practice mindfulness on a daily basis. For more information with Karina Chapman, why is mindfulness is important? Check out episode 5 of Miko Santos Inside Job. See you next time.
Big thank you to Kia Abrera of Redworks Incorporated. All the links that mentioned will be in the show notes. Please use our website links if you buy books from any guests on the show. Transcripts are in the show notes and there's a video of this interview going up on our YouTube and Facebook channel, insidejobpodcast.com slash video. We also got short clip channel, insidejobpodcast.com slash short. If you are making a social impact to your community, we love to interview you. Send us an email, hello at insidejobpodcast.com. I'm at the side strip. That is T-H-E-S-I-D-E-S-T-R-P on both Twitter and Instagram. Or just hit me on LinkedIn. Join the Podcast Collaborator Coalition to connect with other podcasters and like-minded people. If you want to support the show, buy me a coffee. This show is created in a session with Kangaroo Firm Media Lab, Australia's independent podcast management agency. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe. You'll be notified when a new episode is posted on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or via RSS. If you found value in this episode, share it with your friends. Do you have some feedback or question about this episode? Leave a note in the comment section below. If you have any question, feel free to reach out to us. And if you want to know more, check out InsideJobPodcast.com. Are you ready to finally start your own podcast? Maybe you already have one, but need a podcast manager to help you level up. We're here for either. Book a call at www.kangaroofern.com www.k-a-n-g-a-r-o-o-f-e-r-n.com Are you ready to finally start your own podcast? Maybe you already have one, but need a podcast manager to help you level up. We're here for either. Book a call at www.kangaroofern.com www.k-a-n-g-a-r-o-o-f-e-r-n.com